following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. You're listening to Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast on the BICBP Radio Network with your hosts, EZD Derek Jaws, T-Wave Taylor Sekaterski, Big Diesel Nick Yelich, Bold Claim Ben Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. I am EZD here with you once again. We took a week off last week. We had some people being sick, people being busy, and yours truly just needed some sleep. So uh, I'm joined by Austin, the stat man. He was supposed to be with me last week. Again, I needed sleep, so we kind of pushed it, and then uh, we couldn't find anybody to come in off the bench to get it done for us. But we are here. We are back. And uh, what a time to be alive. Oh, my God. Playoff football is the best. I know people say like playoff hockey and I get it, uh, you know, Sabres fans, but playoff football, man, super excited. Oh, it, and it, there's so much parody in the league this year. There's so much going on. Uh, it's just it's insane. It's absolutely insane to think of how like how many different things have transpired over this 18 week season. Long well, it was ridiculous, too, like up until like two weeks ago, like 13 of the 16 AFC teams were all in the playoff hunt. Dude, it'd be like, like, how ridiculous is that? That like nobody, if, unless you were the Jags, uh, the Jets, or the Lions. Lions. No, that's NFC. Uh, Houston, the Texans. Yeah. The, the, everybody was in. Like you, you everybody had a shot. Had a shot. Yep, to, everybody had a shot. Yep. And then going into Week 18, there were what was it? Uh, like five or six different teams could have slid into the five, six, and sevens seeds the only right. team that was guaranteed one of those spots was new england or buffalo whoever right. didn't win the division was guaranteed to be in the playoffs and outside of that you had the ravens the steelers the chargers the raiders and the colts all in play for those last two spots in the afc up until i mean really up into and through sunday Night football right the the last game of the weekend the last game of the regular season the last quarter was the most meaningful uh, of the year. Right. And probably. Ever. I mean, and really kudos to the NFL for going. I mean, I give them props where credits do um, a few years ago, making all those week 18 games, divisional games. Oh yeah. Made them week, all just, um, year, but yeah, well, well, right. But you know what I meant? Yeah. The, the last week of the season, if, if they can help it is, you know, you're playing somebody in your division, making meaningful football in the last week of the season, which for the longest time was just like, I mean, you remember it was, it's a bye week. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Hey, we're, we're all resting our starters. This game doesn't mean anything. It's not a division game, like whatever. Yeah. And now there's meaningful football the whole way, which is fantastic. So, and, and I mean, there were a few of those games. So like the chiefs Broncos game, the chiefs, uh, the chiefs played their starters because they were fighting for potentially the top seed, right? The Cowboys played their starters because they were looking to improve their seating. They couldn't get the one seed, but they wanted to be as high as possible. Uh, listen, um, why wouldn't you? Right. I want as many home games as is afforded to me. The Eagles couldn't get any higher than seven. No matter what happened, they were sixth or seventh. So they just, they they played their backups against the Cowboys, and that was so that was kind of a bye week for the Eagles. But I mean, half their season's been a bye, so we can't really <laughs> fault them too much there. Uh, the Giants are on a, a year long bye, and I mean the Washington Football Team. I mean they played their starters because they have nothing to lose. The Bengals. Uh, very limited snap count for Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow didn't play. He texted Kyle Allen, tag, you're it, uh, to let him know he was starting this week. 
And the Browns. He, he, had, that, he had that hamstring thing, right? Or, or was a knee, a sprain or something like that. He got rolled up on. Yeah. And he's like week that, 16 but, last week. And but like they, they just let him take the week off regardless. Cause um, they, like the, the Bengals basically said, we don't care if we finish two, three or four, we, they couldn't get the one seed. Like who we play is who we play. Who cares? Right. Great. Awesome. And, and you know what? That's, that's actually a scary thought process. They, I'm, not, like, I'm not sure if that meant, I mean, like I get what you're saying there, but I'm not sure the mentality of, well, we're just happy to be here. Like I'm not saying we're happy to be here. I'm saying, we won the division risking injury to our star, like some of our star players. Cause like Joe Mixon didn't play either. Right. So like they, they basically went, we're here. We're the division champs. We're having a home game. We're not going to risk injury to be the three seed instead of the four seed when mm-hmm. we don't know who that could sort out against anyway. So who right, right, right. Uh, we so can't they, make an informed decision because we don't have all the information until five hours after we're done playing. Right. So they just, they sat there. So a lot of their key guys, like I said, Jamar chase had a limited snap. Kind of think had two catches this week. They lost to the Browns, but who cares? Right. The Browns pretty much played at every starter they had, except for Baker, who is getting surgery on his non-throwing arm. Um, you know, the Steelers and Ravens were playing for their lives. went to overtime in a 16, 13, absolute crap fest, but the Steelers took the win and put themselves in position where, the Sunday night game all of a sudden really, really mattered because had the Ravens won, they would have needed, I believe, the Raiders to win. If the Steelers won, they needed anyone to win. Right, right, right. It was a the specific circumstance one way and a little more vague the, the opposite way. Yes. Um, obviously, you know, the Lions played the Packers. The Packers didn't start anybody of, of note. Uh, the Lions played just to play. I think they played a half. Roethlisberger played oh, right. Roethlisberger. Rodgers played a half. Rodgers did play a half, and he was like 14 for 18 for 2, 10, and 2 touchdowns. Something right, like right, right. Like, just a ridiculous <laughs> yeah. half of a half of football from him against the Lions. But the Lions pulled it out in the end and uh, cost himself the number one overall pick, which is funny. Which is ridiculous. How do you – I mean, I listen, they're, they're, if you look at the mock drafts, not to get off that, because I'm sure the mock draft will be a whole other oh, yeah. episode that we'll have. Um, but the pass rushers that are at the top of that this year's draft class, I mean, it's a it's a one A one B. If that's the route you're going to go, which, which their I, defense I is pretty abysmal, I think they're that's where they'll go. And I don't know what other route you take because there's it's not like there's even a standout quarterback. You know, I mean the the Lions could use one with you know, especially to sit under golf for a couple of years. Golf might be the best bridge quarterback there is. You can this is build your entire team and then say okay. Now we have to address the quarterback position to replace the guy who's been doing well for us. This is a, an EJ Manuel, Geno Smith here. There are no franchise quarterbacks in this year's draft. I mean, could one come out of the woodworks? Well, sure, anything's possible. But there, I mean, you, this will not be the year the quarterbacks go one, two, three. Right. <laughs> they, they go all right in a row. If one gets taken in the top 10, I think that would be, uh, I, I don't want to say a lot. Yeah. I mean, but even stuff that I'm looking at, it's like nine, 10. Yeah, like really the cusp of like falling to the middle of the round and stuff like that. And it's not which is probably not a great year for quarterbacks. a long time. Probably one of the first times in a long time. Uh, the Vikings Bears game didn't matter to anybody. The Titans barely survived the Texans to lock up the one seed and the bye, which is huge for them with the potential of getting Derrick Henry back, which was crazy because they were up like 21 nothing. And then <laughs> I was like, well, that's a blowout, you know, here, you know, no exciting football here. And then all of a sudden, 28, 25. Oh, that that game turned quickly. Yeah, uh, Danny, it looked like the Patriots team of like five years ago, Brex Burkhead running the football a ton, Danny Amendola with 119 yards and two touchdowns, and third round pick Davis Mills looking like probably the the best rookie quarterback of this class. 
I mean, All right, let's not go crazy. I'm a Bills fan, but I, I think it's very easily Mac Jones. I, I, that's, I, I I'm not saying he's going to be the best. I think it's Mac pretty easily. I, I, I don't think it's Mac Jones. I really don't. I mean, based on based on what? Listen, I'm not saying he's good. I, I hope the Patriots keep him for years. You know what I mean? Because there's nothing special about him. But right now, this year, best rookie quarterback, uh, it's got to be Mac Jones. I don't know, man. Davis Mills has done a really, really good job with literally the worst team in football. On oh, listen, he, I think you, you, there's a solid argument to be made for two that, you know, he's in front of fields because he was splitting time with Dalton and Trevor Lawrence just had a God awful year. Wilson too. And for the jets was horrendous. I would, I would be intrigued to put their, <laughs> their statistics side by side, but I'll do that. I'll do that a little bit later. Uh, the saints were fighting for their lives, knocked off the Falcons 30 to 20, which is, I mean, they, they had to win to have a shot and then they needed the Rams to beat the Niners, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, Matt Ryan's got to be done in Atlanta, right? He's got to be looking to go somewhere else. No, they're bringing him back, and he said he wants to be here and or there rather, and 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 he's Atlanta for life. I, all right, go that to just, town, man. That's that just doesn't make sense to me. I, I like I I think that partnership has run its course, and it needs to. It I I think that a change of scenery would do good for both ends, but apparently, well, what do I know? Well, Atlanta needs to be bad enough to get a first overall pick next year. Like they need to get the Trevor Lawrence of, of 2023. Cause we, we already discussed, there isn't one of those guys in 2022 that, I mean, having him there is fine. And he's, I think he's still got some, some gas left in the tank, but I mean, if he's going to keep you going seven and nine or, or, you know, eight and eight, whatever the new eight and eight is eight, eight, and, well, eight, eight and one, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, eight, and nine, seven to 10, if you're going to be in that range, then you're never going to get that guy or you're going to have to make some sort of move and trade up. Like, I mean, at some point you got to just go, Hey, we're going to suck for a hot second just so we can get our guy. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, to be just good enough to not make the playoffs and just good enough to not get a top overall pick. I'm not sure that does anybody any good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just, I feel like having Ryan gives them like they're, they're going to muddle in that middle, <clears throat> middle of the road obscurity. Like they're not going to be a top five to 10 pick. I don't think, but at the same time, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I personally think a change of scenery would do well for both of, for both sides there, but uh, Russell Wilson looked good in his last, possibly last game in Seattle two uh, two weeks in a row. He's gotten eight, eight touchdowns over the last two weeks. Like and I, his finger is no longer bothering him. Right. I really do believe that that was the case. I think, I think he rushed back from that finger issue and to try to give them a shot. And now the last couple of weeks, he can actually throw the ball with some zip and some, uh, some cheese on it. And well, ironically, we've come full circle as we've already discussed. Geno Smith was not the answer for anybody. And he happens to be the backup in Seattle. So, right. He, I think they, they went over with him at the helm. So they were like, okay, Russ, I, even you at 60% is better than Geno at hundred percent. So we need you to come back as fast as possible. Yeah. And really it, it was ugly. It really was not good there for a little while. And, and I mean, they, they knocked off the Cardinals who were fighting for the division. I mean, the Cardinals oh, yeah. could have jumped into the top four would have been hosting a playoff game instead of, traveling to see the Rams uh, and instead uh, the Cardinals, as much as any team limping into the playoffs. Seriously. I mean, what a, what a fall from grace from them. Well, yeah, I mean, eight, no nine and no, they're unbeatable. Kyler Murray is the second coming and they're unbelievable. You know, it's, and all of a sudden they, they lose five of the last six and you're like, Oh, maybe, maybe they're not quite as good as we thought they were going to be. Like it's right. I don't know. I mean, I I don't think anybody thought they were going to go undefeated, but no, but it was I mean, like the Browns from a couple of years ago. People were ready to just, well, you know what? Just give them the Super Bowl trophy. 
as they say, that's why you play the games. I mean, so in the last, in the last five weeks, they just lost to the Seahawks. They've barely edged out the Cowboys, which doesn't bode well for the Cowboys. They lost to the Colts, the Lions, and the Rams in back-to-back-to-back weeks. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a rough run. That is a rough run to finish your season. Uh, I don't think they were, they were too hampered by injuries. I mean, certainly losing DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, anytime you lose your primary receiver, it's going to hurt. But, I mean, I think they have one of the deepest wide receiver rooms in all of the NFL. And when you have a good quarterback and a decent running game, you should be able to put something together. And they were still not able to do that. Right. Um, just ugly, ugly day there. But, uh, and you know, maybe getting D hop back for the Cardinals helps because Kyler's stats are far better with him on the field than without, uh, mm-hmm. I actually, I actually did that comparison not so long ago, but getting him back for the playoffs, which you assume they said he was done for the regular season. I don't know his status for this weekend. I would assume saying he's done for the regular season was sit back, get healthy. We'll go from there. But, um, the bills after a slow first, uh, first quarter, first half, uh, sorry, a hot opening drive, right? Right, right, right. First half, and probably just a terrible third blew up in the fourth and just went to town and beat the. Well, Jets thank goodness because I was having like heart palpitations there for a hot second. Like, <clears throat> right. Uh, it, was, it was not pretty. I, I was a little worried about it. I'm like, we can't lose it. I'm like, please, for the love of God, don't let this be a Jaguars game where it's like we're losing to teams that we have no business losing to. It was. I was, I was worried for a hot second. I like, and that's, I think that's the worst part is I sat here and went, I don't feel like we're going to lose this game, which I said when we played Pittsburgh. And I said, when we played the Jags, we are not playing our best, but all it's going to take is one drive, one play, one drive, one play. Like, and in those two games, we just didn't have it. We didn't have that one drive or that one play. And the bills just, I mean, our defense was absolutely stifling. Well, what had, did we have nine nine sacks? Nine nine sacks. sacks. I don't know. If, I don't know if we had double digits. Yeah, they, they were really good. The the Jets had fifty three total yards as a team. Like that's that hard to win a football game. Like that's that, and that's what I mean. Like we had a bad like two and a half quarter stretch, and we still won twenty seven to ten. Usually, if you if you have a bad like two and a half quarters, you're probably sitting back going, uh oh. And we weren't, we were, we had a bad two and a half quarters against them. Their defense played well. Their defense did, did really well. A lot of bend and not break against us. And then we just, I mean, we still won 27 to 10. So, um, clinch the AFC East great on them. And, and the best part was they ended up not needing to win because the Patriots got beat by the dolphins, which is funny. Right. Yeah. And then I'm not mattering anyways. Um, you know, the dolphins play in spoiler, the Patriots playing for the division and the dolphins, the dolphins pulled it out. Uh, the Buccaneers, absolutely just rickrolled the Panthers just and it, this one was tight for a little bit um I mean it was 10 to 7 at half and a 24 point fourth quarter just put it away in epic fashion and good on Tom Brady for like going against his coach's wishes going back in the game to make sure Gron- uh, Gronk got his bag which really I mean he he might have gotten it anyways but like he- wanting to make sure that it was done you yes. know what I mean? Like, I'm going to deliberately hammer this. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it, it's one of those things that I look at it and like, you know, when you're really, 
Wow, really? I'm trying to look. I'm trying to put in like Davis Mills into my little uh, player comparison here, and it's not working. <laughs> no, but, I just had their their Mac Jones and his, his pro football reference page pulled up. Well, I, I just so, go back and forth between the tabs, but the player comparison, that's, that's a cool little page. I just opened two browsers or not two browsers, but two tabs. Yeah. I was going to do that, but this, this actually, and Davis mills isn't on here yet. So that's oh. kind of, a honestly, they're not, not, not to derail back to where we were, but they're, they're more close than I thought they were that. I mean, you have to do a guesstimation because mills only played 13 games and right. Mac Jones played 17, but if you spread out Davis mills stats over a 17 game season, they'd be very close to each other. So with their stats being almost identical, I don't know. You'd have to dive into, you know what I mean? Not, you know, intangibles. Yeah. Who's the better leader? Who's got, you know what I mean? Like who's yards per attempt or, you know what I mean? You're getting into some advanced analytics there as to who's better. I mean, I, there's I, no question that Mac Jones plays on the better team. Yeah. Like at, at bare minimum, the better coached team, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a team that relies heavily on a run game where the Texans don't have one. I like it. Like in my opinion, if their stats are close, Davis Mills wins because his team is awful. But well, I think there's something to be said though for always being down and having to throw constantly. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I kind of I tend to be I on do. the other side of that. Do you know what I mean? Is, I it, is there I, a reason that Stafford that. passed for five thousand yards every year? Well, yeah, they were down by thirty points. All he had to do was throw nonstop. That's why there's no running game. You know what I mean? It's right. You know, but like throwing throwing more. And having comparable stats, like I mean, okay, yardage yardage is one thing, but like yardage and touchdowns is one thing. But so, Mac Jones probably has the lead in completion percentage because they throw nothing but three to five yard slants for the most part. Like they, he has the least air yards of any qualifying quarterback in the league this year. It's okay. So I I, I don't mean to to digress again because you know we always do this. Okay, but I had a conversation at work yesterday with a coworker, and I was interested to see what you were going to say about this. Okay, so. He, the person I was working with made the argument that um, making big catches in big games for a winning team is far better than putting up a ton of stats on a crap team. You know what I mean? So kind of, kind of what I just said. And I said, well, that's true to an extent was my opinion. I said, but you know, you've got guys like, I don't know. Does that mean Calvin Johnson wasn't any good because you know, he was garbage. You know what I mean? Like, was he, he not talented because right. Because they were one in 15 with him. I'm like, at what point is having 130 catches for 1,900 yards and nine touchdowns? And I, oh, well, he only did that because they sucked and they threw all the time. I mean, like, yes, but also it, it definitely Calvin Johnson is unbelievable. You know what I mean? It definitely gave him more opportunity, but at the same time, like, the, and that's why, like, stats are stats, right? Like, they, well, right. If you, and, and like in, in the baseball world, if you hit 450 on a season and 50 home runs on, the Orioles, you still did that. It doesn't right. matter that your team blows. What's well, a little bit different though, just because you're out there by yourself, like your teammates can't hit the ball for you. You know what I mean? Like you right. still but, have to go out and do that. But as a pitcher, if if nobody's on and there's two outs, I'm not overly worried if you hit one deep and we have a five run lead. Right, 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 like, right. So if I groove you a fastball and gave you hittable pitches, where, it's different. Where a three run shot in that game makes it a little different so i right it's kind of the same thing like you you definitely you can make that argument in almost any sport you know it's oh well, so so this, so the com- this goalie has an incredible save percentage well yeah he also faces 50 shots a night where this other mm-hmm. dude is 20 because his defense is better like it, you can right. make the argument stats are stats man like you still have to catch the ball you still have to make plays if your team is bad it actually almost makes like a receiver getting that many like those type of stats 
on a bad team, almost more impressive to me because so like, well, the, the, the comparison that I gave him, I said, all right. And I, I tried to make it, I don't want to say not close talent wise. Cause I feel like I'm insulting player B here, but I said, okay. I said, so if you had to choose between Calvin Johnson and Reggie Wayne, so Reggie Wayne, who was in like multiple AFC championship games, won a super bowl with Indy, you know what I mean? Uh, an all time great receiver or Calvin Johnson, who a lot of people think is like, as far as physical traits might be the greatest of all time. Yes. You know what I mean? It's tough to put him again, uh, Moss and Owens and, and, you know, Jerry Rice, but people go, he's a freaky nature. He might be the greatest receiver of our era. You know what I mean? Since we've been alive personally, yeah, definitely of the modern uh, generation. I would, I would right. Right. They're like, who would you choose? And he went, it was no question. He went Reggie Wayne, not even close because he made those big catches in those big games. And I will take the guy from a winning team over the guy in a losing team. And I was like, I don't know. I was taken aback by that because I, it's nothing against Reggie Wayne, but I would take Calvin. I mean, I'm even on a knee jerk reaction, like without even thinking, like I would just, I, 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 say, I you know what I mean? I think in this realm, you have to say, okay, would you take Reggie Wayne on the Peyton Manning Colts or would you want, like, would you take Calvin Johnson on the Peyton Manning Colts? Right, right. What would Calvin have done with Peyton as his quarterback for what? 10 years instead it, of like Curtis Painter and John Kitna? I mean, now eventually he had Stafford, but he didn't have Stafford right. the whole time. And like, and that's really the thing is like, you know, when you, to me, when you put up that kind of stats on a bad team, like, yes, you have more opportunity playing in scum time and throwing the ball more and so on and so forth. But at the same token, like if your team is bad, that means like, they're not worried about other receivers. So they're, you're the best receiver in the league. Allegedly they're doubling you. They're tripling. Like that's one of my favorite, probably one of my favorite pictures is, is there triple covering Calvin at the line, right? Triple covering Calvin at the line in the red zone and said, this play was a touchdown to Calvin Johnson. Right. He was triple covered. They had two dudes over him and a safety over the top, over the top of him. And he made the catch anyway. I, I'm sorry. You're never going to convince me that because he was on a losing team, he wasn't as good as some of the other guys on winning teams. Well, that's, that's the Barry Sanders argument. Like, you don't. I mean, the lions had nothing when Barry was there. Right. You don't, you don't think he faced the stack box like 60% of the time. Right. Because like everybody, their mother was like, else. Hey, Barry's going to run the ball. And he still is people make an argument for him being the best running back talent wise of all time. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's, and the only reason he's not up in the upper echelon of, you know, statistical categories is because like Calvin, he's like at 30, he's like, you know what? If we're not winning a championship here, I'm not putting my body on the line. And yeah, you know what I mean? I, I want to still have my good. wits about me when I'm 50. Like I'm, I'm out. I've good. nothing left to prove to anybody. And I, you know, I can't fault him or argue with him. It's, it is what not it is. Yep. Okay. So we're on the same page. That's what I thought. Cause I would have taken Calvin too. <laughs> and, and, like, and that's, and that's, that's an easy answer. Like, Oh, well, he, you know, Reggie Wayne made big catches in big games. Okay. And Calvin's team never gave him the opportunity to play in those big games. What they had, he had like two playoff appearances entire career. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. It was, yeah, it's not great. So, I mean, you know, again, he had more opportunity to put up big stats in the regular season because they had to throw the ball more, but he never really had a shot to make those huge plays in huge games because they never made it there because the team was bad. Right. So what's, what's the real conversation here? But anyway, so the 49ers playing for their lives, if they lose, they're out, especially with the saints winning earlier in the day. And uh, they, this game looked like the Rams were going to run away with it. And the Niners said, nah, came back. That game was, it was like Tennessee. That was one sided early. Very much. And so. then all of a sudden turn into, Oh, this is a football game. Fantastic. Speaking of Matt Stafford, I mean, he's had probably one of the most up and down stretches that I've seen in a long time. We you were know, just talking about him too on the lines, right? Like, you know, big yardage, 
two touchdowns or three touchdowns, two picks, you know, and, and that's kind of been the story of his, of his, of his stretch here. Just a lot of interceptions to go with a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns too, which is that gunslinger mentality. But you know, when your team, that's fine. If your team is up by three scores, but when you're right. in tight ball games, those two interceptions are huge. I mean, you have to take care of the football, yep. especially in the playoffs and stuff like that. They're an explosive offense. Uh, they're dangerous. Um, they have a very real chance of making the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? But I, you've now lost to the 49ers twice. You know what I mean? Yep. Green Bay still there. I, I just, I don't see them winning three games in a row. Do you know what I mean? Like the consistency of, of beating three good teams back to back to back. But they, they might blow somebody out first week. Do you know what I mean? Like if you told me that, hey, they went up the first week of the playoffs and just throttled whoever they played. You know what I mean? They've got what? They've got Arizona. Yeah. And you told me, hey, listen, what a blowout. Kyler Murray desperately missed D-hop. Uh, they won by three touchdowns. Awesome. But, right. you know, then they play, I don't know, who, who will be up next for them based on the, the CDA Cowboys or nine, or you know what I mean? Let's just say they played um, either. So they're, they're the four seeds. So it would be if, if, if all the top seeds win they would be playing Green Bay. Right. So then you told me that Green Bay blew them out by three scores. Well, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I wouldn't I, be anticipating I, a close football game. Odds are they're going to be playing a team ranked higher than them. Um, unless, right. unless the two seed and the three seed both lose. So Tampa and Dallas both have to lose for them to host another playoff game. Right. Which I think it would be really funny if the Niners win and then it's Niners Rams and the Niners beat them for a third time. Right. Know, like, like just the bane of the Rams existence this season, really struggling. And like, and how funny would that be that like your last four weeks have been against divisional opponents? <laughs> right, right, right. Like, man, yeah. we cannot catch a break. We've already seen these guys three times. This sucks. Uh, and so honestly, that was my biggest concern with playing the Pats this week. Um, I think there's no question that we are the better team with better skill position players, but I'm like, ah, I don't want to have Bill Belichick to have three games worth of game. Do you know what I mean? Like, or, you know, to play us a three a third time after having two games worth of film right. and strategy planning. You know what I mean? Like at some point you just get used to, well, and the we'll, teams are going to run. And, and we'll get to that when we get to the, uh, the actual wildcard round preview in a minute here. But uh, first uh, we have to talk about it, right? The, so the Colts losing and just, shitting their pants against the Jaguars, which we haven't talked about yet. The Jaguars just came out and took the Colts behind the woodshed and put a bullet in them old yeller style. Uh, and the Colts who were probably in my opinion, one of the more dangerous teams heading to the postseason, find themselves on the outside looking in. I mean, geez, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen old yeller. I mean, good Lord. If you like, just throwing, if you haven't seen <laughs> the movie, yeller, the movie's 30 years old, if you haven't seen it, right. You're not seeing help it. you. You know what? And this is, I don't know if this is one of those things of just a fantastic, you know, choking when the big moment comes. But I mean, I think some teams just match up well against other teams. And if you're Jacksonville, apparently it's, you know, Super Bowl hopeful Buffalo Bills, Super Bowl hopeful, you know what I mean? Colts. And then didn't they beat like, because they have three wins in the season, don't they? Uh, they were 2 and 0 under Urban Meyer against the AFC East. So they beat the, uh, hold on. Let me pull it up. I'm pretty sure they beat the Dolphins early in the year as part of that seven game losing streak that they had. That could be started. Yeah, pretty sure that was it. Let me check. Do, 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 do. 
but there's a whole thing that like the three teams that they played were all like playoff teams or, or on the verge of playoff teams yeah, they, or you know what I mean? They, so, so they edged out the dolphins 23 to 20 and then beat the bills nine to six. And then all the way at the end of the year, knocked off the Colts to thwart their playoff chances. Right. And I, I, I mean, like, Colts fans are pissed. Our buddy Matt Johnson from the two point conversation just <laughs> denied himself. He, like, I mean, he at, he is at the point where you know most Bills fans get to after one loss. Yeah, you know, fire the coaches, fire the GM, like get rid of clean house, burn it down, and start over. Matt's there because he he's like, you know, two two out of four years they've made the playoffs under Frank Reich. One of those was solely because they just randomly decided last year to add a seventh team to the playoffs or they wouldn't have made it right. And that's not impressive to me. That's not good enough. This team needs to be better. And th- that offensive line is good. That defensive line is good. Their linebacking core is pretty solid. Yep. You're, you have some young talented receivers there. Carson Wentz wasn't the answer. I, I don't And I don't know what they do. I feel like he's going to be there for at least one more year because there's, there's nobody else. You don't have any replacements. Right. You know what I mean? And we've already discussed that, that there isn't that guy in the draft this year. So right now, today, unless something crazy happens, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, whatever, Carson Wentz is going to be your quarterback next year. Yeah. And because uh, your the other answer is, is Jacoby Brissett, and that's not any better. You know what I mean? Like, that, that can't be the answer. Well, and then you look at uh, – it's not even Jacoby Brissett. He's in isn't Miami. It? He's in Miami. Oh, it used to be. Yeah, I don't uh, know who they're back it's oh, it's Jacob Eason, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. So I mean, and like, and unless you're going to go take a flyer on like if Jimmy Garoppolo is a free agent, or depending on what the Eagles want to do with Gardner Minshew, who's been a starter in the league, like there's not a whole lot of options out there. And we talk about all the time: you either have a quarterback or you're looking for one. And right now, I think the Colts are looking for one, as they should be. Yep. I mean, like I said, I don't know what the answer is there. That could be one of those weird things where like. Aaron Rodgers leaves, so the Colts cut Wentz, and Rodgers goes to Indy. Do you know what I mean? Like, like right. wow, that's a super team. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's all. I mean, he's been tied to, to Denver with John Elway. He's been tied to Pittsburgh. You know, early in the season, winking at uh, what's his name, Tomlin. Yeah, for the love of God, stay in the NFC. The AFC already is riddled with awesome quarterbacks. I don't no need kidding. Aaron Rodgers coming to our side. He can stay over there. No kidding. Same with the Rumble. NFC is full, full, full with old men. They had Breeze, they had Brady, they had Rogers, they had all the 38 and 39 year olds. I'm just waiting for those guys to retire, but now uh, we don't need any more. Right. And and Rogers did say he would he, you know, retirement could be in the conversation this year. So who knows? Uh but well, see, that, I don't know how you go like back to back MVP campaigns and then be like, nah, I'm hanging it up. Well, he, <laughs> he, he, he did he also came out and said, you know, I, I want to be able to retire and you know have my wits about me and not, you know, have to be have to wake up and take painkillers every morning just to operate like. Right. So who knows? Playing on a broken toe for the last six weeks. And, you know, and who knows, maybe that broken toe is kind of like, uh, you know what, maybe, maybe this isn't so worth it anymore. Try to go out on top and call it a career. It'd be a nice way to go. But uh, that loss, that big loss for the Colts, 11 to 26 against the Jags, put the weirdest scenario ever in play in the NFL. People joked about it all week and then it happened. And here we are. It was if the Colts lose, the Raiders and Chargers could kneel out the football game, take a 0-0 tie, shake hands, and both make the playoffs. That's not what happened. These two teams had an absolute slugfest against each other. This was a great football game, top to bottom, no questions asked. This was an absolute season-on-the-line haymaker, brouhaha, if you will, of a football game. 
It was it was one of the best football games I've seen in a long time. It really, was. I mean, it, it was quite good. My my wife's looking at me like, "Why are you still yelling at the TV? Don't tell me not to yell at the TV. Like it's my TV. I'll yell at it. Right, just losing my mind. So, so I, can, I mean, oh, yeah. this, you know, all the drama you could possibly want. The Raiders look like they're on the verge of winning this football game, and so, several times, several times, and then, well, I mean. Last minute, marching down like a 16 play drive that took like six and a half minutes off the clock. And they had four fourth and tens or something stupid. Yeah, it was fourth and 10 or better. It was like fourth and 10, fourth and 19, fourth and 13, and fourth and 15. And like they converted four of them. And on the fifth one, it was like defensive holding. So they got an automatic first down or something. You know what I mean? Like keeping them in the game. And then with no time left on the clock, on fourth, fourth and goal, I believe. It was. Yes, fourth, right. And then and throws the tying touchdown. 15 into double coverage. Just an absolute piss missile into Mike Williams in double coverage. Just out of reach of both dudes closing in. Williams goes down, cradles it to his chest, falls on the football. And we go to overtime. And everyone's like, are you kidding me? Right, we're sitting we're in getting, your locker room. We're like, getting the tie. We're so getting the tie. Shitting me. The Raiders get the ball first. They march down the field, and the Chargers defense does just enough to force the kick. The Chargers get the ball. And I, I'm pretty sure they convert another fourth down on this drive. I, I, several. I think three. I, I didn't want to say they had seven between the fourth quarter and overtime. And get Justin, like, I mean, and, and the, like the one fourth down was a huge play. Like, they hit Williams in the middle of the field. Like, and somehow he, like, it was him, another receiver and three defensive backs. And all of a sudden he just came out the other side with the ball. And if he was oh, right, for like, for like a 30 yard game. Yeah. The, the yeah yak, and if he was, was any faster, that would have been a house call and ball game. Right. Like, Mike Williams. He's their big receiver, not their fast receiver. And he got, right. if it was like, pounds. what's it Guyton or whatever his name is, yeah. that's their speed demon. Like if that guy catches it, he's gone. I, I think even Keenan Allen catches that he's gone, but he gets pushed out. And then the Raiders defense does just enough to force a field goal and here we are with about four and a half minutes left and the Raiders have the football and they got to go the whole length of the field and they got to go yeah there's they, the, the kick takes them to the 25 and they got to go the whole the whole way just enough to get in field goal range and they're playing it safe they're I don't think football did they throw any passes uh one it was, well, actually, was it was the first play of overtime of the uh, of that second drive they ran a play action pass that got them near midfield. Right. And, and then once they were there, it was like they ran the ball seven straight times. Yeah. And, and the chargers defense defended it. Well, I mean, they, I'm pretty sure that that first time, that first play got them into like the, the 40 or the 39 maybe. And then they got one more first down and now all of a sudden we're here. We're inside the two minute warning. The Raiders run the football. You stop them. The Raiders run the football. You stop them. It is now third and four with 45 seconds or 48 seconds left. And with five seconds left on the play clock, someone calls a timeout. Now you're thinking, okay, in this situation, like maybe the Raiders, like the Raiders call timeout. They want to get a better play called. The Raiders weren't pushing tempo. They weren't trying to get quick snaps off. Right. And the thing is they They weren't. weren't, So most people saying like, oh, there's no way Oakland was always planning on kicking the field goal. They weren't in field goal range. Or, I mean, if they were, it was like a 58-yard field goal. It was nothing that anyone would consider automatic. Well, and they needed, and they, the game was tied. It's not like they were up and they were trying to take a knee here. Right. They, so, then all of a sudden you realize this timeout was called by the Chargers on defense who they're not getting the ball back. Right. 
it, it, so, worst case scenario here, you stop them on third down. It's now fourth down and they're going to milk the clock all. Unless you call another timeout, you're going to get the ball back at your own 10 with, I don't know, 20 seconds left. Right. You're not going the whole length of the field in 20 seconds, like no, no. timeouts. So, so that raises the question, like, and everyone's talking, like, listen, the Raiders are in the driver's seat here. They don't need to take any chances. Like you don't need to throw the football. You don't need to even really risk running the football that much. Like, I mean, you could really kneel this out and say, we're going to the playoffs. We're good. And you know, we, we did everything in our power, but we're not going to risk not going by throwing an interception or fumbling. I mean, how, how, like, how bad would it be if the Raiders have the pedal to the metal, they drop back, throw pick six. Oh shit. Or, or just an interception in their own, you know, in their own end. Right. I listen to the field safeties, goal. weird things, anything just, can happen, you know, and they, like their play calls to that point were very safe. Even yes. though they were running the ball, you can do uh, misdirections, counters, toss plays. You can have aggressive run plays. They were running up the middle yep. behind their, you know what I mean? For two yards, a chunk. It really, it was the most basic 1961 run play you know I mean? yeah, two two hands it, on the, hand up ball. Up the middle. like you're you're not looking to cut you're literally two hands on the ball shoulders down hit the pile that was right that was literally their idea and all of a sudden the chargers call this timeout and now brandon staley after the game makes the comment that they called timeout because they wanted to get their best run defense out there which made no sense because because they had run, run seven the seven plays before that right and then you call that timeout, they come out in a different formation. Run the ball, get 12 yards, run it down to three seconds, call timeout, and end your season. And the thing was, like, that. so that last run play, like, and everybody, Derek Carr came out and said, like, yeah, that, that timeout changed changed our thought process. Yeah. Like, oh, you're calling this timeout, so we have to punt so you can have 40 seconds to try to go downfield and win. Oh, well, if you're doing that, then we're just going to try to win now then, so you don't get to do that. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like Th- this and, was and literally almost, the definition of fucked around and found out. Right. And to that point, like I said, they were running these conservative up the middle runs. That last run play that they wind up getting the first down on that Josh Jacobs rushed for like eight yards was like a hard off tackle. Exactly. Like they know it was no longer a safe, easy, conservative run play. They're like, no, this is our, this is our yard eater. You know what I mean? Like we were trying to get this first yeah. down. He rushed for eight yards. It now became a, I mean, certainly not a chip shot. I think it was, it was still a 40. Yeah, still a 49 yard field goal. Um, but to that point, everybody could have just sat and chilled. It would have been fine. If you, I mean, if you, you look at the formation that the Raiders were in when the Chargers called the timeout, that was very blatantly a draw play. They, I mean, so they were in shotgun. They had a guy motioning across the formation, and you called the timeout to get your better run defense in there. They were in a passing formation. None of this makes sense. None of it. Right. Like, so you're, you're out here and you're making this call. You call this timeout you come out with this just garbage excuse. You're like, you are not getting the ball back. And if that was your thought, if your thought was to get the ball back, why did you wait till five seconds left on the game clock to call the timeout? Right. Why not call you it earlier with, with a minute left or last play was done. Right. But you let 30 seconds come off the clock and then call the timeout. Right. Like none of it makes sense. And, and there's a lot of, a lot of speculation that like the moment was just too big for, for Staley to understand first year head coach, little green still, you know, and, and just, and the worst, like Derek Carr comes out and says, I mean, that timeout definitely changed our, uh, our, our plan, our, you know, our mentality there. And, and then he follows it up real, real quickly by going, well, we were always going for the win. Cause you can't say out right. loud you're playing for a tie. Like that's uh, not, 
Rich Bisakia, the the interim head coach for the Ra- uh, for the Raiders, first first interim head coach ever to take his team to a playoffs, which is fantastic. Great. Good good for him. and really good for them. Exactly. Yep. After, especially after the season they had. Holy shit. Yep. But you know, so he comes out and he goes. They're like, you know, did you ever have any consideration of just kneeling out the game? And he goes, that was a very heavy conversation on our sideline from about four minutes left on. Right. Of what, like, what do we do if we get to this point? And they said, did the timeout change that? He goes, the timeout changed the play we called. And then there's video that surfaces of Austin Eckler walking up to one of the Raiders, who's a buddy of his and the Raiders, the Raider has his like hand near his face. And like Austin Eckler says something to him. He like shakes his head and replies and Eckler like rolls his eyes and, and goes like, oh, man, right. Exactly. Like he looks super bummed out. And I'm sure it's not him telling him that, you know, the hotel food he had yesterday was bad. Like, you know, right. I don't think it was a Joe Schmo conversation. No, no, that was a hey, man, breeze. Your, your coach just, you know, pretty after you pretty hard on that one. The best part about this is this the, the, the field goal not only broke the hearts of the Chargers and the L.A. faithful, all 19 of them, <laughs> and they're not sure which team they root for, but it also saved Las Vegas over a billion dollars in payouts because people found a way, sports bettors found a way to combine a Colts money line loss to a Chargers Raiders tie with the spread in a three-legged parlay that would have paid out if you put a hundred dollars down would have paid out over two hundred and thirty-eight thousand dollars. And you know that there's sports betters out there that went, I'll throw a grand on that. Uh, right, right, right. Like <laughs> people, people who have a lot of money, they're like, you know what? What's the worst thing that happens? I lose that. Like, all right, I'll make it up next week. Right. Uh, so that was that was a big one too, and that was that was interesting, and you know, so that wrapped up the regular season of the NFL. That wrapped up uh, oh, just a wild, wild year. A lot of parody. Seriously, just one of the wildest years in memory. Uh, and then it stemmed us right into Black Monday. As of right all, now, all the firings. As of right now, Vic Fangio gone. Which I mean, I think that the writing was on the wall with that. The reports had come out like the whole week. Yeah, and he like he came out and said something to the effect of, you know, we're we're the division of elite quarterbacks, and we don't have one. Uh, you you just put your blame on a quarterback, bud. How about you run your team gooder? Sorry, sorry, Kirk Cousins. Right. <laughs> well, no, that was uh, Fangio was from the Broncos. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you yeah, said so, sure. so. He so he so he's in the uh, he he's in a division with Mahomes, Herbert, and Derek Carr, and basically came out and said. We're the team that doesn't have a quarterback in this division. Yikes. I mean, he's, it's not like he's not, not wrong. wrong. I mean, you can't say that. You, you just, you can't. Uh, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace from the Bears are both gone. So head coach and GM. Eight, eight weeks too late for that one. Maybe, maybe a year too late. Like the fact that he even got one more year was impressive. No. And, and, and if it weren't for the Chicago Bears rule of we've never fired a coach yeah. midseason in the entire history of the Chicago Bears, which is a pretty lengthy history, they allowed him to finish out the season. And it's like, all right, well, good luck to you. Uh, Mike Zimmer and GM Rick Spielman gone from the Vikings. Which yep, that's I, another one. T- talented roster. Yeah, just lackluster performances, you know, and in a division that like you're very easily number two. Very easily number two. They, there's no reason they, they couldn't have been a wild card team. Exactly. You've got one one of the best running backs in football. I would argue top five two, that you've two got the best receivers are two, easily one of the better receiving tandems in the league. Right. And I really, I I think you can make an argument that Justin Jefferson might be the best receiver in football. 
might that there's an argument to be made there. He's he's definitely in the top five, in my opinion. You you can certainly make a, an argument. Like yeah. I don't know who you would put in front of him. I mean, he just had like 103 catches for 1,500 yards and nine touchdowns. I think he led most. I mean, Cooper Cup had more had better stats, but like I don't know if he's a better receiver. Well, and I I think you when you have that conversation, the easy top five would be Adams, Cup, Hopkins, maybe Hill. Eh. I would put Diggs ahead of Hill. Really? Yeah. Well, I guess uh, I'm Hill, Hill, Hill is fast. If you get the ball to Hill in Hill's hands in space, he's going to score. Right. He's not a good route runner. He's and he does, his hands aren't great. I, he just he's he's just elite. He's elite fast. <clears throat> and that 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 just doesn't do enough for me. Right. It's and it's part of the reason that DK Metcalf is just on the outside of like it's probably top 10, but not top five for me. Right. And then I would put Jefferson in the, in that group, too. That's probably true. I might have Jefferson ahead of just as an overall what he does as a receiver and his size and the fact that he's 21 and change, maybe 22. Right. That he might be in front of guys like Hill. Uh, he's, definitely, he's definitely in front of in front of guys like Hill. I I I mean, that was no particular order. I think I, no, definitely I think, not Adams. I, I think D hop is the best overall receiver in the league. Hands down. I, I don't, I, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't know. I think Adams is probably that guy. I, I'm talking talent, not just, you know, I mean, yes, right. He, sure. Okay. He, he is. He was banged up this year and he has had some injury problems of, of late, but like overall talent, I, I don't think there's anybody better than him when he's on the field. Yep. And then the big shock was Brian Flores getting the ax. Yep. You know what? And I, he's going to get another head coaching job somewhere else. But if like, Leslie Frazier gets hired somewhere else. Uh, he could be our defensive coordinator anytime he wants to. He can okay. absolutely. Like, you know what? In a perfect situation, the Colts are fed up with Frank Reich. They fire him. And we get Frank Reich as our offensive coordinator and Brian Flores as our defense coordinator. And we upgrade from Frazier and Dable. And I think I, I would be, I don't use the term giddy very often, but I, that would make me so happy. It's, it's just never going to happen. But I mean, and I, I'll tell you, I absolutely that. love that. I give Leslie Frazier a lot of credit and I don't know how many people we like we could get that would be a true upgrade from him right just because I mean literally I think he's I think he's done a great job and really and I think he's got head coaching experience already he was Minnesota right I want to say yes I think Mm, googling yeah we're going to have some dead air while Austin types into the computer here. Tippy tapping. Now I'm getting all the interviews that he's going on and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, assistant coach for the Ravens, Buccaneers, Colts, Bengals, Eagles, and head coach of the Minnesota Vikings from 2010 to 2013. So, yeah. So, I mean, he's going to be a hat candidate just because he's got previous experience and he was a very successful assistant. For sure. Um, I, I think this this to me is a, like the whole Brian Flores firing to me is a is a sign that the Dolphins are in bad shape as an organization, and I'm good with that because you're in my division. I, seriously, and really, and that's the thing. I'm happy with the firing because I think he's a very good coach. I agree. Yeah, it's like I hope you keep screwing up. That's fine. Well, and like if you look at the owner, like all of the rumors about going after Deshaun Watson were from the owner. All of the like drafting Tua, like Flores didn't want Tua. The owner drafted him anyway said, nope, this is our guy. Like, so you have an owner who's micromanaging. God, it's, there's a couple organizations that kind of sound like this, doesn't, isn't there? Right. This sounds like, you know, the Raiders of the last decade, the, the Cowboys of the last decade, just owners who can't get out of the way and let the football people do the football things. 
but it's just so crazy because like I understand they didn't start particularly well, but if you didn't fire him after they were one in seven, why would you fire him after he goes on an unbelievable, the longest winning streak in the NFL? Well, maybe second after the Chiefs kept winning, but right, you go on a, a on an eight or nine game winning streak, and you cap off your season by beating the Patriots, who are a playoff team, and then you fire. Like I, I don't understand the like right. what happened there. Right, because because you because you lost to the Titans and ended your season. Like you ended on a high note, you, I mean, he, I, I believe they, they may be the second best team in the AFC East, despite the fact that the Patriots made the playoffs over them. Right. I mean, like as far as roster talent, I think for sure. I think if you had Bill Belichick coaching Miami, I think that they, they flip easily as much as I like Flores. I don't think he's as good as Belichick. I, I think Belichick is just a better overall schemer. As right. As far as yeah, he just, offensive game plans and things of the sort, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what would give him the advantage. I think they're both very good coaches. Um, I just think Belichick has a better mind for the chess match. That is a football game. Right. And I don't, no, and that's and what I, it is. And I don't like giving Belichick that kind of credit. <laughs> right. Like as Bill's fans, that pains us to say it does. Uh, what doesn't pain us to say is it's wildcard weekend and we get to play football. Yes, we do. Uh, so we got about 10 minutes left here in this, in the episode. So we're going to get through this pretty quick. Uh, Raiders Bengals Saturday, four 30. You know what? Uh, as good as the Raiders have been playing. I mean, I think the Bengals take this one. Their defense has been much improved and I'm not sure that the Raiders can stop the very, very high powered offense of the Bengals, especially with all of them being on, on a week's rest, basically. Yeah, pretty much. The, the Raiders had to play the last game of the weekend in overtime and now have to play a day sooner on Saturday. So they less prep time, more beat up where the Bengals were easy peasy and rested all their guys. And I don't know, I don't know how much that plays into it, but I'm going to end up the home team. I'm going to go with Bengals in this one. Yeah. I, I think the Bengals, the Bengals, in my opinion, may be one of the most complete teams in the, uh, in the league or in the, in the AFC playoffs at bare minimum. Uh, Joe Mixon was the second leading rusher in the league this year. That offense was absolutely disgusting. News, news flash, Joe Burrow, really, really good. Yeah, Joe, <laughs> Joe Burrow is who the Browns wished Baker Mayfield. Baker was. Mayfield was 100%, not even a question. So, and, and really the big question here, I mean, so the Bengals beat the Raiders earlier this year, 32 to 13. But we're also talking about a Bengals team who, I mean, got thumped by the Browns, got beat up pretty bad by the Chargers. I mean... I mean, they, they uh, sorry. They, so they lost to the Browns twice, technically, but that's uh, right, the, last, the, the right. last one didn't matter. Didn't count. No, it didn't. Yeah. But I mean, so if, if the Raiders team, if, if this Raiders team can show up and put some pressure on them defensively with that front four, that does tend to get after the quarterback pretty well, I think. And if, if the Bengals do have a weak point, it is probably still their offensive line, despite playing very well this year. Right. I, I think that would have to be the key to the Raiders win. I don't think they do it. The Bengals would have to lose this game before the Raiders would come out and win it. Correct. I thought the same thing. Uh, moving on to the Saturday night primetime game at 815 here in the frosty tundra of Buffalo Patriots visiting the bills around three, the rubber match. This one literally for all the marbles uh, <laughs> of, of like five, six weeks ago, Patriots come to Buffalo on a windy blustery Monday night and win probably the weirdest and ugliest football game you've ever did see. Then the bills, about four weeks later, go to the, uh, go to Foxborough, Foxborough. Just lay a whooping on the Patriots and 
Now it's and, and take the division back. You know, after the first game, it was oh the Patriots division, oh the Bill, yeah, the Bills division, dot 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 for a year. And the Bills came back, took it right back from them. And now they're the AFC's champs and hosting the Patriots in the rubber match here in Buffalo. Uh, I don't know how windy it's supposed to be, but it is supposed to be a wind chill of negative five at game time. Yep. Very, very cold. Very good. And really, I'm not worried so much about the cold factor, but it was the wind that was easier because it was cold when we played in Foxborough. Yeah. It's not like it was, you know, 80 degrees and, oh, it's totally different now that they're coming home. The only, um, the only thing that affects me that affects us, I think, in that one is, you know, Josh and his touch on the ball. Uh, right. Sometimes it feels in the cold. He, he it looks like he feels like he's got to pull pull down a little bit harder. And sometimes, you know, that that's a little bit tough to uh, to handle for the receivers. We saw, I mean, even Diggs, you know, had one get a little deep on him at one point, uh, an easy open touchdown. And with a little bit of zip on it, he kind of got in on, in on him deep and jammed his thumb hair a couple of games ago. But outside of that, I mean, unless it's either snowing, raining or really really windy the bills have the advantage here yeah i mean i'm going to take the home team here um our defense is playing well um after the i don't want to say shellacking because it was kind of close it's just not like we blew them out by five touchdowns but i mean after the hurt we put them on last time i'm going to go ahead and say that that buffalo is going to take this game that we will not be a one and done team this year no uh i believe the bills i believe the eagles will be as they travel to tampa to play the bucks I don't think this is going to be close. I, I think the, the Eagles may be the worst playoff team this year. I think so. It's either them or Pittsburgh, I'd have to say. It really just depends on, honestly, it depends on which Jalen Hurts show up. If, if you told me that he rushed for 130 yards and had two rushing touchdowns, you know what? Maybe they got a shot. Um, guys who can run are always an X factor. Yes. You know what I mean? It's if, if they had a stationary quarterback or it was like the Bucks versus the Raiders and because you know, Carr, yeah, he's athletic, but he can't run like Jalen Hurts does. Um, I think it would be a little bit different, but there's always that weird, oh, we lost track of him and he rushed for 30 yards, you know what I mean, type of thing. Well, it's, and it'll be interesting. The the thing with the Eagles is they go as their running game as a whole goes. They're running back, mm-hmm. started running the ball well, which is weird because, I mean, we spent eight weeks of the season being like, oh, they ran the ball nine times total today. As a team, like, right, exactly. I'm like, what are you guys doing? And now they're averaging like 30 to 40 carries a game between two running backs and Hurts. Um, right. You know, and the occasional like receiver mixed in or whatever. And I, if you do that and you can keep Tom Brady off the field, that's a recipe to beat Tom Brady. I Agreed. just don't think the Eagles have enough to get it done against this ball. Even a, a not at full strength Buccaneers team. I, th- I think their, their only shot is, is exactly that, that their defense steps up and flusters Tom Brady, you know what I mean? Without Godwin and without AB and with it, you know what I mean? Like just being banged up in general. Um, I think that's the only way that the Eagles win this game. Is you got to slow down Tom Brady, and I'm not sure they can do it, but if that's I, the recipe right there. I don't think they can either. I, th- I And I think the Buccaneers have the easiest game across the board here. So. Of the weekend? Yeah, that, that makes sense. I would say that. Uh, the Niners visiting the Cowboys in Dallas. Dallas. You know what? This is an interesting game. I, honestly, I think this is the most coin-flippy game of the weekend. The, you know what I mean? I would not be surprised if either team won this game. Yeah, I tell me what the lot what the line is on this. Uh, the Niners to me are so hot and cold. I mean, they're deep, like they're they're a, a not as good version of the Bengals to me. They're a, a high powered offense that can put points on the board in so many different ways. Debo Samuel is the epitome of the like the gadget player. I mean, last week he threw a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, and had like 60 yards receiving. That's disgusting. Yep. 
and he does it regularly. Um, the Cowboys, I mean, yeah, the Cowboys are, they can be dominant. They can like on paper, they should win this game. Uh, it's going to come down to uh, if their defense can take the ball away, I think. If That'll be the thing. Take the ball away. They're going to win this game easy. And really, Dan Dan Quinn has done a fantastic job. Turns out that having an actual defensive-minded guy as your defensive coordinator, kind of a big deal. Mike Nolan was like the, the offensive coordinator in Green Bay, and Mike McCarthy had him as defensive coordinator because they were buddies. Right. And their offense, or their defense rather, was historically bad last year. And he fired his buddy and brought in a defensive coordinator. Oh, their defense is good. How about that? Like, it's the weirdest thing. Right. So odd. Um, I do think that the Cowboys find a way. I mean, they're, they're three-point favorites in this game. Um, I think their offense is explosive, and they're going to – I don't think Elliott or Pollard are going to have a big role in this game. I think they're going to air it out, and it's going to be Cooper and the CeeDee Lamb show, um, and they're going to go nuts to the air. And Dak Prescott's going to do Dak Prescott things and, and roll. Early this year, my way-too-early Super Bowl prediction was Bills Niners, all of the late 90s Schwami pick. So I'm going to stick with it. Niners with the upset. Niners come into Dallas and show that the NFC East is really the NFC least. <laughs> All right, then the Steelers in the most uncanny of fashions squeak into the playoffs after one of the weirdest seasons in NFL history, as we've said multiple times in the show, and they're taking on the reigning defending AFC champion chiefs who have been on a pretty decent tear of late. Yep. This is one of those things where like, I'm, I'm sort of conflicted. Because I don't like Pittsburgh. I'm not a Ben Roethlisberger fan. And yet on the flip side, I also hate the Chiefs. And I don't want Buffalo to have to play the Chiefs. So I don't know. I, I, I guess kind of go go Steelers. Like I don't want them to, you know what I mean? But I think they're by far the, the most beatable team on our side of the bracket. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I, st- I still think the Chiefs are, are just as beatable as they were when we played them. I don't think they figured out their defense as well as maybe people would have you believe 12 mm-hmm. and five is nothing to scoff at, but I mean, uh, like looking at this, they haven't, it's not like they stop high powered offenses for the most part. I mean, the, the Cowboys game, and I'm pretty sure the Cowboys had almost nobody playing in that game, but I mean, you look at the games that they've won in this, uh, like on their stretch here, 13 to seven against the Packers with Jordan love 41 to 14 against the Raiders. Okay. That's a playoff team and they're in your division, you match up well against them. Um, but the Raiders offense isn't their strong point is really my point. The Cowboys, mm-hmm. the Cowboys with nobody, the Broncos who are the Broncos, the Raiders, again, the chargers put up 28 on you. You just happen to score 34 on a team that had not a great defense. Uh, they beat the Steelers 36 to 10 in what was this week 16. Yeah. Week 16. Um, so, I mean, that definitely doesn't bode well. But, you know, now you have a, a, a good coach and a quarterback with uh, with some playoff experience. And, you know, not that the Chiefs don't have playoff experience, but, uh, you know, maybe maybe Tomlin's got something up his sleeve here. I think the Chiefs still win this game, uh, but I don't I don't fear the Chiefs. As much as I think some people do. No, I, I think the Chiefs take this one outright. I don't think that they're. Yeah, they, I, don't have, they, they can't keep it. Just That's just not a thing. Yeah, they, yep. like and their their defense is good. Don't get me wrong; it's not as good as it's been in the past. Uh, obviously, having the the all time uh, t- guy, the guy who has a tie for the all time sack lead in a single season definitely helps. But I mean, their their linebackers have been banged up all year, if not out most of the season. Um, 
and their offense has just been not very good. And you need to be able to score points against the Chiefs. And I don't think they can. Agreed. Chiefs are going to take it. Unless unless Najee Harris runs for 250 yards and five scores. Could be. Could be. Highly doubt. I doubt it, but it could be. Yep. Uh, and then another team playing another division rival for the third time of the year. The Rams are hosting the Cardinals with two teams that limped into the playoffs without with really looking like they didn't want to win their division. On Accurate. The ever, on the first ever Monday Night Football playoff game. Which is weird. I was surprised they did that because it's such a disadvantage to those teams that play there with a, a one less day of preparation. But I guess, you know, viewers and money and everything. All right, fine. You know, <laughs> it's like, what are you going to do? Well, it's it, it'll be one less day of prep for the team that wins. Right. Really? You, I mean. you, like, you have a long week going into this one for both of these teams now. Right. So um, this this to me is a coin flip. It, it, like, it depends on which Cardinals team shows up and which Rams team show up. Yep. I mean, my, my knee jerk reaction here is I'm going to go with the Rams just because the Cardinals have looked worse recently. The Rams have been inconsistent, but we just went through earlier in the episode, uh, really how not good the Cardinals have been since D hop has been out and, and really the last five games, not doing much of anything. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, you want to talk about, there's really, I mean, the Cardinals and the Rams both kind of limped into the playoffs down the stretch. The Raiders limped into the playoffs. The Patriots limped into the play. I mean, there are three or four teams in the playoffs this year that just didn't weren't playing their best football down the stretch. And it's going to be interesting to see how they fare now that, you know, it's one and done. Right. Like I said, I, I think the Rams are going to take this one. I think that they, uh, it'd be nice to see if Cam Akers can come back and do anything in this game, but um, they've been running particularly well. Um, Odell is another aspect of their offense. Like if they hadn't traded for him and it was just Cooper cup and, you know, Tyler Higby and I don't know. I, I would, and, and, maybe I mean, my edge would go the other way, but. And, and Hig, Higby's coming into his own. I mean, for sure. But I mean, it definitely helps again, you know, having, and, you know, fan Jefferson's there too. Uh, you know, I mean, these guys are kind of coming around because they had to with Robert Woods going down, but. Right. I, I, I do too. I think, I think the Rams uh, bare minimum, that defense has experience being in this position. And I think that's really what's going to give them give them the edge yep i mean it'll be if they can get kyler murray out of the pocket and and bootlegging out to the side and create some space and some time for plays to develop um i think they can be very dangerous but we'll see if aaron donald hits you in the mouth a couple times uh people tend to not like that so yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens and and it's going to depend on whether or not d hop is available again i haven't looked or seen if he is going to play or not but we'll uh you know, we'll obviously wait and see that one out. And that's, that is the wild card weekend. That is the wild card weekend preview uh, going back through some of the wildness of week 18 and the black Monday debacle. That is every season in the NFL. Uh, thanks for tuning in guys. This is hats, stats, and stats part of the BICBP radio network, www.bicbp-radio.com. Click on the menu, click the podcast tab and go to the sports tab. Find our logo. It's the blue one that says hats, stats, and stats on it. It's not hard to see. Uh, click on that. You can listen there or you can tune in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or anywhere else you get your podcast from. Also, don't forget, download the MyTuner app and tune into Shop Takes, powered by Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast on the Can You Dig Sports Radio Network. Uh, we are there Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. to talk anything and everything sports, uh, you know, week in, week out. We're there Monday through Friday, and yours truly also drops a daily sports headline report that airs throughout the day. So check that out as well. And uh, that being said, Statman, good to have you back, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Sorry we didn't get to do this last week. Yeah, we know sometimes life happens and uh, we got to make plans and adjust. So 
That being said, uh, we will catch you guys after the wildcard weekend for the divisional preview and more sports awesomeness right here on Hats, Tats, and Stats. Up. Come on, get in here. We got to call this thing. Tighten up. Come here. All right, guys, here's the situation. Two minutes left, zero timeouts, down by a touchdown, and we got to drive 75 yards. All right, we could do this thing. I believe in each and every one of you. But real quick, did you guys know that the Two Point Conversation podcast runs five days a week, Monday through Friday, with various co-hosts and different themes every day? And then you can listen to them on BICBP-radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Just, all right, just, come on, hurry up. Get to the line and just run, and I will get it to somebody, all right? Come on, on three. Ready, sit, motherfucker.